0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by BasketballNews.com. I'm Noor, and I'm joined today by Katie and Yasmin. Should I even ask how you guys are doing, or <laughs> what's what's the deal?
1: How are we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling the same, as we said before we started recording. Kind of on the same wavelength that I do every day, which is Seriously. okay. Seriously. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's fine. It's just everything is just jumbled up. When people yeah. try to tell me it's Sunday, I'm like,
2: Is it? You're lying. <laughs> 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 I've noticed though, um, that like usually when someone asks, How are you? it's like such a quick answer. It's like a you know, a scripted encounter. But then nowadays there's always like a hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> like really we're like, How, how are you? It? I'm just like, Yeah, eh, you know, I'm existing. <laughs> i'm doing my best like on the verge of tears
0: yeah (laughs) i'm like one are you okay from a mental breakdown
2: that's all it takes i'm great
1: we're doing good we're doing good
2: and like the thing is like the other person is like oh yeah i get it like they yeah exactly (laughs) same
0: it's, like, unspoken at this point. Like, we're all just miserable, but we're, we've
1: accepted it. Yeah, it's, like, blink twice if you're hanging in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's, like, I always have to, like, whenever I'm, like, talking to Americans, whether it's, like, you know, through emails or calls or whatever, I, I have to kind of, like, remind them, like, um, things are probably open for you over there and, like, normal. the <laughs> same here. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, a citywide lockdown here. Like, it's not... Like, I I was on a pod, uh, I was on uh, Lockdown Phoenix, like, a a couple weeks ago, and I have to say, like, yeah, everything's closed here. It's like the the Raptors are not playing here for like an actual reason because nothing's open.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Same thing with me. I was on a um, Dunkstown, No Dunkstown podcast with a cool lady in Los Angeles. And uh, they were on there as well talking to me about like what's going on, how everything is. And I was like, yeah, like we're, we cannot leave the house. Like we might literally get arrested on the street if we leave the house. And (laughs) they're like, oh, wow. Like we, we can, you know, our malls are open and it's kind of like a suggestion that you could stay home but really like you're able to do whatever you want and then they had the they had the audacity to tell me that it was hotter than usual and they were sweating and I should you know like I just sit there for a second and think do I want to complete this pot or no like do (laughs) do I have the capacity to sit here and listen to oh it's so hot here today I'm like and I got up and my video was on and I showed them my my view like and it's just goddamn snow everywhere like just white (laughs) and they're like okay i feel yeah they're like i feel so bad i'm so sorry for saying anything i'll let my sweat
2: run i'll just be happy i'm like yeah you
0: should be but yeah Yeah, americans are they have no
2: lockdown yeah they pull out in my area they pull people over like if you're out at night yeah my brother like we live near like a bunch of food places and like sometimes he gets dinner and he's like pulled over a couple times
1: i'm glad because i guess like i haven't seen it you know what i mean like Um, Because obviously, notoriously, I'm going to bed at six o'clock, according to Nora. So I don't see anybody getting pulled over late at at night or anything. A part of me is like kind of glad for that. But yeah, I was just going to say, I don't want to feel left out. Um, I also did a podcast recently with... (laughs) An American, um, I did. I think it was when I did Locked On Heat, and we were talking about Miami, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like what's it like in Toronto?" I was like, "Oh, it's freezing cold and snowing." He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm Miami. It's like sunny, everything's open. And, like I'm I those are water. fighting
0: words. I, I'm like, You're ready like to please talk-
1: stop. Yeah, exactly." <laughs>
2: I'm just like, boy, when it's August in Toronto, it's great. I promise. I'm like, this, There's this 20-day window in the summer where everything is perfect. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. That's all I'm really looking forward to these days.
2: Keeps me going. Keeps
1: yeah. me going. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk yeah. after this. This <laughs> was so like the most miserable
2: intro. So we're
0: so Yeah, welcome so
1: everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Listen, if you're not, if you're, it's your job to make yourself happy. I'm just being myself. We're all being us. This is what we're living through. And the Raptors are also feeling the same thing that we're feeling. Um, because we lost yesterday (laughs) to the Atlanta Hawks and Mr. Walmart
1: Steph Curry. How do you guys feel about that? Mean. Very mean. Um <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's that's it's I guess it's pretty apt. I mean, I, I was sort of shocked, like honestly, by the end, I was like, there's really no reason they I mean they the reason is because they got shot, you know, and the Hawks like made all their shots. But like, you know, Atlanta had like 19 turnovers. Um, just like these kinds of really messy things that the the team like did not capitalize on, but I feel like the Raptors are just tired. Honestly, in the best of times, that, like, Nets game probably would have run them a little bit ragged, and then going up back-to-back was, like, a very peppy Hawks team that had been off since Thursday when they got blown out. But, like, after that, they had a nice, long relaxation period. So – and Trey Young was back. Anyway, it wasn't the prettiest game.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, you could tell that they were kind of gassed because Mm -hmm. even though Atlanta – doesn't play defense like the Raptors didn't have an issue scoring they scored like 120 um but they were like missing point blank layups um oh
1: god Aaron Baines yeah
2: and (laughs) you gotta play defense against a team like Atlanta or they will you know score 140 points (laughs) and you could tell like um like yeah you could just tell they were they were kind of getting I think particularly Fred you can kind of notice he wasn't able to keep up with Trey even though Trey's like kind of the type of guard that Fred does really well against um defensively um but yeah you could tell they're kind of gassed um playing another offensive powerhouse <laughs> like the Nets the night prior mm-hmm. so um that game probably took a lot of, took a lot out of them um but yeah it was um I wish it was just a, a day in between that would, have, that would have been much more watchful. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah, we could have won from that, I think. I think it was a close game, and you could just tell how tired they were. And Kyle, like, he's, you know, I love him. My man, my heart, everything. But he's, uh, you could tell he's getting a little bit up there, a little bit older. He played, you know, back-to-back against the Brooklyn Nets, and he had to really build bring his game through and um, not really able to keep that same momentum going the second night, which is, you know, it is what it is. We're kind of like Robin Hood, eh? we Win against the good teams and against the bad teams. We're like, here you go. Here's another point for you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, But then with Aaron Baines, I'm going to start – Invoicing Aaron Baines, my pimple cream for sleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> stress breakouts. This is
0: ridiculous. <laughs> like literally, like I thought Serge sometimes was bad. Like you know, like Serge had like grease hands or something. Like he, it almost sometimes felt like he had like KFC before playing, and it was just like he had oily hands everywhere. But Aaron Baines is like a whole different story. It's like cement I, hands. Yeah, it's like no hands, you know, but. <laughs> but like yeah, what what, what found, do you have
2: then i found lately like he's been catching it but just not finishing it like hitting <laughs> the bottom of the rim um going over the rim like he, like he's he tries he has no sense of like the glass or me, you know maybe that's the next step like you're grabbing the catches from Larry now let's try and make them you know you some um, someone said awareness. um uh, someone messaged me that nurse like said that he wanted Baines to be more like Gasol, but I think this is like too, too like Gasol. Like <laughs> Gasol couldn't finish either. Like this is a little too similar with one oh, of no. them spacing.
1: <laughs> I just but like Gasol could at least like you know if he caught the ball by the net he could lift his arm up and like place it in and like Baines <laughs> is just like he was missing he like missed so many just like layups you know what All I mean facts, like, he just yeah. not he just has no, like, yeah, and that's a very good point. I feel like he doesn't have good spatial awareness. He's just like, where am I floating through space? Okay, I'll let go of the ball now. And it's, like, still two feet away from the rim. I know?
2: feel like, like,
0: see the anxiety on his face when he's playing. Like, yeah. you just
2: know he's not. Because he's so he knows Kyle out. is going to be yelling at him, and then he takes his anger out on the refs and gets uh, teed up like every game nowadays mm-hmm. which is like dude you're you're already like leaving 8 points on the table <laughs> a night from the pick and roll you yeah, can't certainly. be giving the team another like a sh- like another shot every single game
1: I think he's also only like I was looking at his stats he's like cause he also loves the 3 like just like the air ball 3 ball so I think he's like 30% from deep but from like the paint he's also only like almost like barely 50% which is like that's upsetting
2: to me yeah um he needs to figure it out because Mm -hmm. like you know the raptors have tried putting boucher out a little longer and then boucher gets kind of overexposed against starting big men and it's like you know it kind of puts him in a tough spot like the raptors really need like a for baines just to i keep saying this but just to kind of play like he's capable of (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know how he's forgotten so much already like just playing on this team. And I don't, I don't really understand why the adjustment is so uh, tough right now because um, he's always played with great point guards, you know, on yeah. the Celtics, on the Suns, on, um, or plays with great guards. So um, the I'm not sure why he hasn't been <laughs> able to adjust to, you know, a Raptors backcourt that is literally trying to feed him, yeah. spoon feed him points. He should be, you know, getting an easy 10 points a game just based off of what he's – you know, those open lane um, uh, avenues to the rim. So it's, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see if he ever uh, figures it out. You know, we're about a third through the season so far.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, He almost looks like he's like forgotten how to play basketball. Like he doesn't understand, like, you know, the little things that you should be doing as a basketball player, especially as a big man. Um, as someone as the tallest person on the court the most strong person on the court like those those little I just don't understand how you don't see the perception of the ball and you don't know that it's not gonna go in and it's just never going in for him you know like at some point he should be like maybe a little bit extra oomph in this or maybe I should get a little bit closer or maybe like I should pass it instead because clearly I'm not gonna I'm like unworthy of shooting but absolutely at no point like Do I? Maybe he's had maybe one or two games where I'm like, okay, yeah, he's coming around. Like, you see, he's, you know, playing the way that he's been playing with the Suns and with Celtics and everybody. Because with the Suns, he was having amazing he was having an amazing year. Like he was doing great last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it's it's a new team and everything, I understand that, but this is something that a lot of people have to get used to. Like if you were looking at, if you're talking about a new player and having, have, having to have players plugged in, we've had pretty much like a whole new roster at some points, right? Like we've had, we have a lot of new players, a lot of new faces, a lot of people who've been with us, but who have been asked to um, um, upgrade their role or give more than what they've given in the past. But uh, it's, and for someone of, Um, Aaron Baines caliber who has been a really good player who has been a difference maker in the past Um, it's it's wild to see that he's like borderline unplayable like I would much rather see Boucher on for 48 minutes and just get squashed you know um, (laughs) than watch Aaron Baines at all and the other point of it too is I'm tired of breaking out I have so many pimples on my (laughs) face I mean the
1: weird thing with Baines it's like I still haven't like to your point nor like he is such a mercenary player it's super weird to me that he's played with all these teams and he's this less like versatile this year you know what I mean like he hasn't <clears> been able to just like pick up on the kind of like the schemes really that I wouldn't think are that difficult like obviously the Raptors are a super defense oriented team but so Bane should be also that type of player like he's been w- with teams that play that way before so I think like, that's super weird. I The only thing, like, I love what Boucher's doing, but I also, what I love and don't want to lose with Boucher right now is, like, how much more rounded out his game has gotten. You know, like, he's, like, such a good offensive player right now that, like, and I know he would step up and get chopped around, uh, like, at the defensive end if he needed to, but I don't want to see him getting, like, slapped and hit and, like, take yeah. that space of a big man because I just think, I actually think it will take away from this kind of more, like, nuanced game and we need and we need shooters right now you know like we need scoring
2: yeah no i agree like especially like my issues i don't want boucher as well to be kind of finding himself in lineups against starting Mm -hmm. big men like more traditionalist like you know starting big because right now he's doing so good with um uh exploiting um second unit centers Mm -hmm. and it's best the raptors keep it that way because he's like he has such a unique skill set um as a guy who can stretch the floor and bring length and um he's been so like his hands are amazing like people kept saying like this guy rarely drops passes you know um despite having like a seemingly weaker grip (laughs) on the ball um you know to us so he's been so awesome um he's been struggling lately i think not struggling i don't even say but um he was on a tear to start the season and then he kind of became a little more muted um so I'd like to see him kind of find that rhythm again because it's been working so well but you know if I but, could say but, I anything mean, good about the like career the... best last night yeah yeah, yeah. um my <laughs> yeah, like I would hard. love sorry okay, go ahead yes go ahead yes go ahead yeah you know I just want to say because um since it's like a Sunday episode um I've known like the team is playing much better as we know um, one thing I want to note is like how great the offense has seemingly been. Like, I don't know if it's, if it has to do with the teams they've been playing, but I just noticed that they seem to be scoring with more ease, like their table, which is kind of, uh, interesting to say, like it's p- particularly in the half court. It seems that when the game is slowed out, like I'm seeing less points relied on like just transition, like Siakam getting in transition, I'm noticing like slowed down half court sets where people are posting up and people are cutting and it just looks more dynamic. There's just Mm -hmm. so much more movement and it's kind of frustrating because um, I wish they had last season's personnel with this year's (laughs) schemes. Like I really wish, like I, I would really love to see um, Serge and Mark like um, playing like with, you know, within like this new offense, like that kind of sucks, but um, hopefully Chris uh, Finch sticks around because I want to see, like, this iteration of this Raptors team kind of grow um, under these schemes because it's just been so great to watch.
1: And it's kind of, like, interesting because at the beginning of the year, Larry was, like, when they were really losing, Larry had said, like, oh, we're, we're going to focus just on being a defensive juggernaut, like a defensive monster, right? But, like, they've almost done the opposite. <laughs> like, their defense isn't bad. But just in terms of the offense, as you said, like, it's been so pleasantly surprising like even even when you you still think like okay some of your your best scorers are Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and obviously they still have a tendency to get kind of go through cold some sometimes so it would be nice to have a couple backups i guess like OG coming back he could he could hopefully you know make yeah. up for some of that but even
2: last night i saw places where it's like oh yeah OG would have just plugged those holes yeah you know exactly. just like um it seems that usually when um a player kind of penetrates through the perimeter um they manage to like get caught up kind of tangled in-, in Siakam and OG's arms and you know limbs everywhere um uh, but there's like been less resistance um, lately but mm-hmm. you know and then they get the kick out and wide open three um, but the scoring has been able to kind of um reduce like the blowouts mm-hmm. um i've noticed which is nice like last night i feel like if that kind of game had happened earlier i'm not sure they would have been able to kind of keep up the pace um that they were you know keeping it within like what seven five points um throughout the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. but um you know nfl about atlanta (laughs) let's talk about like the crazy (laughs) nets game yeah Um, let's talk about that yeah that that was that was far more hilarious
1: (laughs) we could talk about the game but i feel like for me like what eclipsed the game was just like what the hell uh the nba's like take on contact traciness but if you want to talk about the game we can talk
2: (laughs) it's hard like even doris burke was like trying to like explain what the heck is going on while also like calling the game yeah um but yeah like um that was the game first of all um i i saw footage of like katie on on twitter like entering the arena so i'm like okay we're the raptors are going to be facing a healthy net squad um Mm -hmm. And then prior to the game beginning, we hear that he's being pulled aside um, because he may have been exposed. Um, but then when he was re-entered to the game, I'm like, "Oh okay, they traced um, the person they traced. Was, him. Uh, yeah. like, traced the person he was allegedly <laughs> uh, in contact with, and that person is probably tested negative. That's why he's being re-entered mm-hmm. into the game. But no. Mm-hmm. apparently the person's test was inconclusive. Um, And he was let onto the court regardless and played for 20 minutes, which it didn't feel he played 20 minutes. Um, Perhaps something was on his mind, (laughs) Um, but apparently, uh, you know, he mentioned that he wasn't happy with how he perhaps handled the situation, which I thought was an interesting admission um, from Durant, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so he may have been, he may have acknowledged that it may have not been the correct decision. Perhaps coaching staff may have asked him, you know, sit this one out. And he said, no, I'm going out there. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a chaotic game. And um, I think people think we're being Raptors fans are being kind of, um, I don't know, overzealous or something when they say that whenever we're on ESPN, some weird thing (laughs) seems to happen or whenever they play the Nets, some weird stuff happens. Like, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, weird stuff happened. Like, yeah. It
1: was just so weird, man. Like it came out later that he was in a car that day, three separate times with a net staffer who tested like that was the person who tested positive. I mean, if that is even, I just don't understand. I mean, I guess I I understand the world the NBA is operating in. It's the same world of basically like predominantly American backdrop where uh, COVID is kind of like as close or as far away from your life as you want to handle it at any given moment. You know, like it's not a thing that it's like a thing that you can apparently ignore, which is. I think just bizarre to us watching from where we are uh, and like, you know, what we're seeing is like, you know, the, the general public perception of the, like how to treat the virus and what contact tracing is, but just like in what world is it that like, okay, even if he was, even if there was like active contact tracing happening, like he never should have been able to like get dressed, you know, it should have just been like, dude, you're out for this game because it yeah. doesn't really make any and sense Even when the they were game like the, to
2: continue. Sorry. Yeah. yeah.
1: no, that. it's true. Like the fact that then it's like, Oh, we pulled him. I was so shocked. And I kind of got into it a little bit with a friend of with about this, but I was so shocked. I was like, neither coach thought to just be like, stop this game. And they're like, well, it's not, you know, it's not on the coaches. It's on the NBA, but it's like, it's clearly not on the NBA because they don't care. And it like, they're not the ones that are going to make the decision because they haven't been making the tough calls are like the right decisions all along the season. I'd say when it comes to coronavirus, but I was a bit surprised that like nurse and Steve Nash and like nurse in his post game was just like, you know, well, the game <laughs> has to go on. It's like, but why? like
2: why in that exactly. situation,
1: it shouldn't. And it doesn't. Yeah.
2: It, it, it's funny because I remember like when in the league was initially like put on hold, like last year, um, they stopped the games that were about to happen Um, And not only that, but like games have been postponed because players have been exposed like um, the Celtics had several games, you know, moved and postponed and same with the Wizards. Um, So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. Like someone um, showed a graphic that was posted during, I think, like um, postgame. I I think it was on ESPN, but it wasn't I don't think it was on um, Mm a Canadian channel. But anyways, it was um, who was guarding um, KD for the most possessions <laughs> and who have, may have been the most exposed. And it was like literally stats. And they were so showing that uh, Siakam had guarded him on 29 possessions. Uh, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like we're, we have like stats showing us how exposed. Um, players are. And then the Raptors went on yeah. to play the Hawks the next day. Like, what is happening? Why is Katie sitting out?
1: Yeah, and like, the, the person. went on to play the Sixers, who just recovered from that. That like, makes getting... no sense. And they were in the like, locker room with Katie and the Raptors. Yeah.
0: Like at that point, do they think Corona was just like, hey, peace. I'm just sticking to Katie. I'm not going to affect anybody else. Like he's on the yeah. court with like 60 people. Those 60 people are going elsewhere right afterwards, inspecting other 60,000 people. And then you're going to let the same team play another team that hasn't been exposed yet. Even though they played Katie the night before and you had to pull Katie out. And then Katie went to the back and started tweeting like vague shit. <laughs> like get me out of here. Free me. Free me.
1: <laughs> Free me. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And I, I, don't, I really the didn't understand. I agreed. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that I didn't really understand what he was even saying because, like, he, he was making it seem as though we'd want him back out there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's
1: like, We're "No, like what back. is
2: happening? Don't you dare leave me."
1: <laughs> the only thing I agreed with that he tweeted was just like. Cause someone was like, wait, wait a second, what's going on? And that was weird to me too. Cause I was like, is this the first time the majority of like either media or what like fans like, or, but mostly media covering these games is like, Oh, this seems weird. Like this doesn't seem like the correct approach. It's like, guys, it's been weird all season. But anyway, when someone had said like this, just like what is going on out there? And KD was like, see like at NBA, <laughs> Like, your PR schemes, like, people are... Oh, yeah, your your, the schemes. fans
0: aren't happy or something. No, yeah, Kevin, said, we don't want know. to see your corona ass on the floor.
1: I was like, I partially agree with him. Yes, like, you can't just, like, <laughs> use PR, it, it like, because you don't have an epidemiologist, apparently, like, on staff at the NBA.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it just shows that, it just shows, like, the disconnect in how they're approaching the virus, you know, south of the border, like... I feel bad, like there if for regular people who see mm-hmm. parts of the world in complete lockdown, like it's there are places where it's even more severe than what we're experiencing in Toronto. like yeah. there you know, you look at the regulations that were in place for like New Zealand and Australia and stuff, and it's like that's even more severe. But at least here, I have a sense of like um, that it, it, it's is being taken seriously amongst, you know, regular people like myself, but um, you know, I I can't imagine if you're like someone in the US who's like wow, like there's like a pandemic happening and you know, I'm expected to be at work or at school mm-hmm. or, you know, um people are playing sports as if it's normal and traveling and allowing fans and it's like what is happening? Like there's no consistency and ultimately I think like it's kind of dark but it just kind of comes down to like people ex- accepting that there's going to be you know collateral damage or just coming to terms with like hey you know you know some people are going to die yeah mm. <laughs> it's like what a world i think that's been america's approach since
0: the beginning of the virus yeah, kind of just yeah. Like, eh, we'll see who dies who whatever happens and the wild thing to me i speak to my friends in the states and i'm talking to them about you know what are you doing friday night and i'm like oh you say most stuff like i'm watching the raptors game live tweeting probably doing um some legal paraphernalia and then falling asleep like that's pretty much my (laughs) night here the entire for since march last year and they're like oh yeah gonna go out there's a bar open new place opened up this and that and like the disconnect is just it's it's massive like you see two different nations that are side by side one another and they're both handling this pandemic so differently that it's it's just wild to me that like how how can that be like we're all you know not to get like philosophical, but we're all like human beings, and just because we're separated by a border, like they're take, they're taking, they're doing it the worst way possible. Whereas us, like we've kind of had time to figure out, like go into lockdown, out of lockdown, whatever else. But since for America, they've they, I think they they're run more so by states than a federal government, right? So each state kind of just goes off of whatever they want to do, and the oh, fact man. that they chose Atlanta of all places too for the All Star Weekend,
1: well. They chose it. So they chose it because it's like the head of, um, it's where like TNT is located. So they oh, right, were like, right. the logic, which there's no logic. It's like fake made up logic, like nor to your point, it's like, because things are operating on such a state by state basis, and there's really no overarching plan, you know, to kind of deal with things. Uh, I feel like the NBA is taking full advantage of that because they can operate as is, you know, like, kind of all systems go as if things were normal and like maintain this kind of like I don't know facade of normality I guess Um, because people the optics are still kind of fine you know it never became such a bad thing there Um, but yeah I guess like theoretically the idea is that the broadcasting teams the majority of the broadcasting teams and media are already in Atlanta so they wouldn't have to travel but then you don't take into account like Members from however many, like players from however many different teams, you know, like depending on who gets voted in, their training staff, like coaching staff, staff from teams, people that work at that arena, people that are going to work all-star, they may be letting fans in. So you don't like, oh, that's great that all your camera crew is there, but there's still (laughs) hundreds of people that have to fly into Atlanta for like fly in Saturday and leave Sunday, I think is the plan as it stands now nothing like it, it makes no sense to me. It's the the NBA is the only league doing an all-star game. All the other pro leagues have canceled them this year because they are an unnecessary and like, to be quite honest, like a pretty reckless. Yeah. Very
0: reckless. You're bringing all the like hyped (laughs) up, like all the A-list basketball players together under one roof who all play for different teams, play for Mm -hmm. different teammates, end up going back home to 60 different staff on their team. And like, what, what do you think? Like imagine like this all blows up in Adam Silver's face, and they all knock on wood, you know, don't get corona, but like, what if they do get sick? What's going to happen at that point afterwards? But
1: or like, and, how do you leave the place? Like, what if like you leave Atlanta, like and you, everything is open in Atlanta? You know what I mean? Like that is like in that part of Atlanta never
0: closed. I don't think. Atlanta's been open the
1: entire time. (laughs) So like you also have to look at how are they going to leave that place? Are they going to leave it worse off than when they got there? You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's like the thing that the NBA is also kind of skirting by on because it's like they still think in some ways they're like, we're still operating within a bubble. They aren't, but like they still just really only have themselves to answer to. But like, what if the people that are working in the arena get sick? You know, like what if the team, like team staff that work in that place gets sick? Just like people, like backstage people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it takes a lot time. of people even to like put on a really pared down all-star game.
0: Absolutely, and I think the the craziest part of it all too is the fact that we've heard from all of the major basketball players, the the mainstream ones, that like they don't want this. LeBron's come out and said this. Giannis has said this. Kawhi has said this. Bradley, like everybody who who, who has been asked about this, has pretty much said we're exhausted. We don't understand the point of this. I'd rather be at home and spend that time with my family. Not sure why this is happening. Not sure why this is going forward. And when you have the likes of LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard if they're coming out and saying stuff like this, then why are like, you know what I mean? Like why, why does the league feel like, okay, well, even though the players don't want to, don't want this, we're still going to go through with this. Where is, where is that push coming? Yeah. <laughs> it That's is. It's just thing. like, it's like, agreed. Oh, we,
1: we stand to lose X amount of money in like broadcasting contracts, or maybe we can make up for the deficit that we lost last year. But it's like, you're right. When you have LeBron James, literally you're the biggest star of the league, the face of the league, saying he has zero energy and zero excitement for the All-Star game. He called it a slap in the face. Like, I was, when he said that, I was like, okay, maybe they will actually cancel this thing
2: but they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> they would have yeah. to boycott, I think, at that point. Yeah, it would have to be, like, them outright refusing and in the league trying to, like, bypass it by canceling it in order to avoid any sort of embarrassment mm-hmm. um, from their top stars not – you know, wanting to be out there, and I was just kind of taken aback by like how, just like Katie said, like how um, much they, you know, vocally, um, said that they don't want to do this. Like even Giannis said that he doesn't, you know, y- like you you barely want to play in the regular season. So yeah, he why? was like, I'm gonna spend the time with my family. I don't. Yeah, want um, Giannis, like so. you don't want to even be here. Like I I need to find that exact quote because it, I was kind of shocked by like how um. Just they really, really spelled it out, and even Kawhi um, mentioned, you know, they're just they, they're trying to make money. <laughs> like he was, yeah, mad. he wow. literally
1: said that. I'm Kawhi surprised. was so
2: transparent. He
1: said, "I was like, like Kawhi. I just, Yeah, like he said, just they're just putting money over health right now, pretty much. And I could when just, he yeah. said that, I was
0: like, <laughs> Kawhi is
2: yeah. gonna be blacklisted
1: from
0: the Clippers. Like he's no longer <laughs> playing.
2: <laughs> Kawhi's yeah, gone. Like, <laughs> you have the, the faces of the league who, um, you know, they they these are the players that drive viewers who just don't really want to participate you know you're already pushing it so far by even having a season Mm -hmm. so now you want to um jeopardize jeopardize that even further for like a one-time all-star game event like just let people vote it in let the coaches choose and then let's keep it moving just so you know people can have that other um they can count it for the season on their, you know, basketball reference pages. <laughs> and then they can move on with their lives. Um, but I guess they just want to keep the um, sanctity and pageantry of like an all-star nod, you know, which culminates in like a that, that matchup where players barely even try. <laughs> um, That's the thing. It's like an all-star
1: game isn't historically the best part of that weekend. And then All Star Weekend yeah. is so much about like the pomp and the energy and like all the out like the outside events that are going on that like make up kind of the feeling around it. And exactly. I would honestly say, aside from last year's All Star Game, just pretty much because of Kyle Lowry, like that was the most exciting. And I guess yeah, they changed the format a little bit, but like that was the most exciting All Star Game there'd been in years. You know, yeah, and, like,
2: players we, said that themselves. Yeah.
1: And, like, this season, if one, like, as you both said, the players don't even want to play in the regular season or it's a struggle to do that, how does the NBA think that this product they're working so hard to push is going to be in any way exciting if, like, everyone who's voted in does not want to be there? Exactly. How are you –
0: you're – at this point, they're, like, pretty much forcing these players to play, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm looking at as as an onlooker, as as an observer, because my favorite players have said it on press, on – paper um and you can quote them that they do not want to play they don't want to be there they want they would much rather be at home with their families and if i see my favorite player play at the all-star game now i'm going to assume it's because adam silver said you have no choice you know what i mean like at that point like, I'm, I'm not going to be happy about what's like I, I would much i don't even care about the all-star game i don't care if it's an all-star game or not like no I've, i don't even think i would watch it like there's no excitement as a fan either because not like the regular season has been exciting what makes me think that the all-star game will be exciting
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, everyone just feels exhausted but at at the end of the day mr voldemort just sees the mon-
2: money mouth emoji
0: <laughs> that's what's happening
2: <laughs> yeah they could have gotten creative with it too like they could have created some sort of special to play of like past all-star games or moments and yeah. you know um Give me maybe a two-hour like, dunk contest compilation. Oh, they could have they could have really found a way to, you know, you think about how everyone gathered to watch the Jordan documentary, right? Like, there's a way to create a product, you know, centered around whatever element of basketball that everyone would have gathered to watch, you know, that night. So um, they could have really have gotten creative with it and anticipated it and maybe, like, get players involved who are voted in mm-hmm. or something, but... Um, You know, I think it just kind of all leads back to like, you know, we know who owns these teams. We know that it's billionaires. We know that the inherent greed (laughs) required to maintain that position in society. And um, ultimately, they're trying to like gather whatever they've lost due to, you know, found revenue because we know that their viewership is up this year. Um, Voting is up viewership on all platforms is up literally the nba's like every week it seems some sort of press release or something is just kind of almost bragging about how well um you know the numbers are right now so um is it worth gathering you know i guess they want to move through the season with as little loss as possible but that is not that's not that's not possible right now that like you think about how, how much everyone has lost in the midst of a pandemic. Like I don't know how they expect to emerge from that scratch free.
1: Like so much of this season has just felt like they're rushing to get ahead of what they perceive to be this inevitable, like either stop when there's too many cases, like too many positive tests that rosters can't be full. You know what I mean? It's just like, why else did you start it early? if you didn't perceive like at some point in the season running into the snag where things are actually going to slow down because games are postponed games are canceled outright. Like, that's what it feels like to me. And that to me feels even more like callous, you know, and like terrible because you're just like basically racing against the inevitable. And I'm still like, if the desire is to have, even if they have um, a playoff situation where they bubble up for the playoffs, which I could see happening at this point, how do they think that, like, the playoffs and then, like, a finals is going to be watchable and compelling and competitive if, like, anybody is sick, right? If anyone is in, like, health and safety protocols even, like, with what happened with Durant? Like, I would hope they would clamp down on things soon enough, but a lot of this is out of their hands. Like, like people's, like, the way the players are, like, interacting, as we said before, depending on where they live and what their family is doing and who they see, like, it very much is just, like, they could just, they live different lives than us, but, like, they're still very susceptible to testing, to, like, getting COVID or testing positive, even if yeah. they're asymptomatic. So it's just, <clears throat> I feel like the NBA is not prepared for, like, the ebb and flow, you know, of the pandemic. And I'm still just kind of like, what does the rest of the season look like? And, like, what do they want it to look like?
2: Yeah, yeah and we you don't think even think about, about happening player- after March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you think about a, play- like a player, like, KD who's had COVID twice now and is now missing a week of the season um, due to just simply being exposed. Like you think about how much time, um, these players are going to miss in the regular season, especially like, I don't know if like, we were probably going to find this out as we like enter, as we, you know, enter the last uh, third of the season or so. Um, But I, I feel as though like the superstar players, the ones who may see more um, meetings with coaches, meetings with, you know, strength and conditioning people, with sports science people, um people who, players who get, you know, like private um shoot arounds, um, more shoot arounds or like, you know, private sessions with more people involved. Like, it seems as though these people are missing more games. I don't know if I'm imagining it already, but I feel as though, like, uh, Paul George and Kawhi have mistimed, I believe, due to COVID protocols and um, Bradley Beal and um, Jimmy Butler, uh, KD now. Like, it seems as though they are missing more time compared to, say... um, and the bench guys or someone people who may not be exposed to like a revolving door of individuals um so it'll be interesting to see how it impacts a playoff series because we already know that um how how much a series can change with you know a simple player missing so mm-hmm. um it'll be interesting to see how that pans out and whether um this trend that i think i'm noticing uh persists um towards the end of the season and into the postseason so That'll be something worth um, keeping track of.
0: Uh, and this and, is yeah. why
2: bubble basketball doesn't count. And we're the
0: last <laughs> real champions. Like, you know what I mean? like That does not count. There's so many factors. It's, if anything, either if this is like the best championship team ever, or this is just like everybody calls them. This is the Disney World ring, the lollipop. Cracker Jack ring that you get like this is what it
2: is (laughs) this is nothing real but But I I see what you mean in the sense that like it it feels so strange and inappropriate (laughs) that it ends up like kind of affecting the final product to like Mm -hmm. yeah average viewer you know because I feel as though like um You know, the Lakers were the championships in the season that was presented to us, you know, Um, (laughs) and there are people, you know, calling it the Mickey Mouse championship and all that. But it's like they were literally playing in a bubble in Disney World uh, when the world was kind of in flames, you know? You know? <laughs> what do you expect people to kind of look at that? Like, you're talking about people who discount championships because Draymond missed game five. You expect them to be rational about <laughs> a, a bubble basketball series? Like... Hell God. no. God. I'm
0: petty as hell. You think I'm listening here? Like, oh yeah, Lakers are lost <laughs> real champions? Hell no. They played with Mickey Mouse. Okay? It does not count. For right now, we're vibing. We're just trying not to and you know of boredom of corona of everything this is just entertainment um and it's fun to like have these discussions and pretend like it's a real season and still real basketball being played but just with everything going on all the games being postponed people having people not being able to play because of contact tracing of health and safety protocols whatever there's just so many other factors that i can't look at this season and be like yep this is legitimate this is a good representation of what each team represents which each player has can bring to the table and this is this makes sense as to you know who's top and who's bottom Mm -hmm. and if you look at the Raptors they have to go through again I'm not trying to make excuses but they have to go through so many things that other people didn't and they I think I was watching the Hawks game last night and I was watching it through the Hawks broad broadcasters and it was actually them who were saying it they were like Every other team, yes, the all has to go through a lot of stuff, but the Raptors are the ones that found out November, whatever day it was, that, okay, the, the, the season's back in a month. Also, you're not playing in Toronto. Also, you're playing in Florida. Also, you have to know, now find a new home for yourself or your family and figure out how to stay in literally
1: the most diseased state in the entire world. <laughs> safe. Figure that I out, Raptors. They only figured that out like a week, honestly, like a week or a week and a half before they moved which is still something that makes me so mad if I think about it. Cause it's like, even if you thought you had like a 5% chance that the Canadian government was going to be like, okay, guys, we'll make an exception somehow. The, the logistics <laughs> don't make any sense. And teams have to come in and play you and blah, blah, blah. But like, if you thought it was only a 5% chance, I feel like you should have given a good heads up to be like, we're going to probably go, be going to Tampa and not wait like till a week before training camp, and be like, "All right, guys, pack up. Like, a lot I of know. you are going to have houses for like a month and a half. You're going <laughs> to be living Stanley in a There's Stanley Johnson
0: putting out his Kijiji ad for a rental property in Tampa Bay because he has no idea what's going on. Like,
1: oh. it it was all so like, lost. They were minute. going to the same viewings. Like a lot <laughs> of them, they were like, "Yeah, I'd see so like I'd see guys at the same house I was looking at. Like, talk about <laughs> other weird, like competitive things going on inside the team."
0: Oh boy. Or they have to get bunk bets together and just have their own space. Like it's it's just it, everything about it is crazy too. And no you know, not forgetting the fact that every game they've played is an away game. There's no home game for the Raptors. And even when there was a home game well, sorry, it was still an away game in Tampa Bay, but before that they had fans coming in. When they had fans coming in, it was a hostile environment if anything <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a, that was a like the funniest development of the season where like i i, I you you think about it you know florida is a major you know canadian destination in the, in the winter Snowbirds, months yeah you know and i'm like oh okay so maybe some canadians will be there and then i realized oh wait like border restrictions and stuff that's like a <laughs> month of quarantining two weeks when you enter the u.s and two weeks when you leave and it's like, no one wants to make that investment. Like, I'm sure fans would love to go there, but no. And then you have these arenas filled with fans of, like, the opposing team. Um, yeah, which is, like, stupid on their call
0: <laughs> because the league is trying to figure out whether or not you deserve a team, and you're there rooting against the team that you're supposed to be cheering for. <laughs> Good and job. also,
2: also like, like, in the regular season, in a normal season played in, like, the home city, away games are kind of like scheduled losses, like not literally scheduled losses, but like you accept that you're probably going to lose a higher percentage of your away games than Very true. your home games. Like statistically, that's the case for most teams and especially uh, for the Raptors,
0: right? Like where we <laughs> pretty much win every home game.
2: Yeah. Like home games are, you know, that's like the 70% and above. And I think last year was like an anomaly where the Raptors away games and home games were the same record.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but you know, um, you're in this environment where every day you're traveling, every day you're in like a kind of a foreign place. Um, these guys spend most of the year in Toronto when they're playing here. So it's just kind of like a, it's, it's, it's a strange arrangement. And I feel like in the future, we'll like look back on it and be like, oh, remember that time the Raptors weren't even playing in Canada? Like they had to play a whole season away. Um, <laughs> especially if, especially if they come back um, next year in Toronto and they're like looking amazing, that's going to be, kind of an indictment on the whole season um if that's a, if that's the case so you know there there are so many things to just keep an eye on this season um but you know this pod yeah the
0: season's like to archive purposes. all that <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly this season's just for research purposes it's exactly not yeah it's a case study every night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what will happen when a team has no home <laughs> <laughs> Catch us on Wikipedia. We'll update you as we go. Um, And I think uh, we can probably just move on. We have talked our ears off about the Raptors so far. And then we also asked questions. And I'm kind of pissed (laughs) because not one person responded.
2: What the hell? We need 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 to track (laughs) analytics because usually, like, there are either, like, too many to answer or, like, there are too few I
0: even Um, made a Photoshop for this. I put out the Bernie Sanders (laughs) image. I had to go into Instagram. I I had to add in the font and the color, right? And like, plus the everything. I had to even add the for your questions part for Bernie and not what, not even a love Not got nothing. If anything, (laughs) I just have Robel message me, so thanks, Robel. I appreciate that. The one person who cares about our podcast and the quality (laughs) that we put out. Everybody else, you're all dead to us. Sorry. Uh, Uh, But I'll ask Robel's question to you guys. It's kind of funny. It's like a shag, Mary kill, rapper's bench edition. And he says start bench (laughs)
2: cut. Start bench bench cut. cut, You're right, Nor. Start bench cut is like the NBA equivalent. (laughs) <laughs> it is it? Shag Mary kill. That's literally what it is. <laughs> it, it truly is, because it's like about as difficult. So start bench cut. Stanley <laughs> start bench Cut.
0: Stanley Utah, Utah and Bembry. Commentary.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have an idea of yours already?
0: No. I'm gonna listen to you guys and then form my opinion. <laughs> start
2: bench <laughs> cut. I'm gonna I'd start Bembry. Actually, though, I I my Okay, go ahead. I think I'd start Bembry, bench Utah, and cut stanley but it's like super tough because i feel like those three guys are like about equal in terms of like utility um like what they bring at any given moment i feel like they're all situational sort of guys i'd start benbry because i think that you know i spoke about it this week on a couple podcasts where i'm like he's 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 like a great ball handler and it's always been pointed out like The Raptors could always use another guy who could dribble really well besides the backcourt and Siakam. So it's great to have another ball handler um, coordinate and, like, kind of bring the ball up and all that. Mm -hmm. And Yuta is just, like, he's special. I think that he has great – there's a great feel for the game. His his, uh, mistakes are minimized. He's always that guy where, like, runs and, like, good stuff just seems to happen when he's on the court typically. Like, I feel like uh, Rondé was sort of that guy last season where he had just so many great moments – And was always like kind of present during um, signature games of the season and stuff like that. And Utah just gives me that same vibe where he's that energy guy. And it it is frustrating because I I can't like I feel like an audience would have loved that. Like I I see so many great Utah plays with like timely threes and great rebounds where I'm like, oh, if that was in front of a Toronto crowd, that would have been great. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, and then I cut Stanley only because I feel like the other two kind of do something more but he's also really great and I feel like he's just you know finding um, a rhythm in his role and he's just a great passer an underrated passer and like um I, I feel like he was kind of overexposed in Detroit and was trying to do the whole point forward thing uh, which was you know probably not the best thing for him at that time um but yeah it's, it's cool seeing him show flashes of his skill set and what he was kind of you know known for in his NBA career before the NBA even
0: yeah i you're you're pretty close i I think mine would be kind of similar to yours, but I'm gonna let Katie go first. Katie, do you have your answer?
1: yeah this is as tough as the real game um, <laughs> <because> <laughs> <laughs> i think like i and i'm i'm I swear like I'm not trying to just do a cop out but my my answers are identical to yes and I think like i would i I'm just like all up on memory because one I love when guys who, like, never really got their shot on the team that they came from come to the Raptors, get, like, this kind of second chance. Because it seems to just happen so well within Toronto's system. Um, Mm -hmm. Plus, he's just, like, he's such, like, a fanatic energy guy, and it's something that I've just loved to watch, especially, like, the last few games have been much better and, like, a lot easier to watch. But just, like, you know, in that very dragged-out slump, like, anytime he saw the floor, he was just, like, 110%. Like, like, he's so... (laughs) sticky on defense and looks so frantic but I don't like it doesn't look pretty it's not like a no. smooth <laughs> style of play but I I love it he's like a weird octopus but um <laughs> and I know like his shooting you know it, he but he doesn't really have to do that when he's just like doing these kind of intangible things been said it's true like his ball handling is, is so great so I'm just like all for him so I think a little bit more of my heart is behind that choice same with Utah like I have just like loved to see him kind of burst out you know with toronto and stanley i don't really have like it's hard because it's very marginal you know like it's hard to say why i cut him i'm not mad at him i don't have anything against him personally i just feel like there have been um, flashes i'm more interested in from the other two okay makes sense makes sense i think uh
0: Well, the writers just presented their opinion. So whatever I have to say is going to be wrong anyway, because I know you're from the heart. (laughs) (laughs) I am not going to know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I think if you had asked me this a couple, maybe a week ago or or two weeks ago or something like that, I might have said I would cut Embry and cut Stanley just because I think maybe that would have been unfair because... Dan Bembery might have still been getting used to the lineup and figuring out what his role is and kind of kind of like figuring out the basketball IQ required for this team um but lately he really like just watching him play like you guys said he doesn't need to shoot doesn't need to be that that force on the team but the little things that he does especially on defense too he has very active hands and that's I think that's kind of the consensus that the um coaching staff wants to see from the raptors they kind of want to see a lot more movement on defense and mm-hmm. you know those kawaii steals like just kind of you know make it messy for the for the for their offense mm-hmm. and you see a lot mm-hmm. of that with every um one thing about him though like sometimes i'm just like how is his hair not in his eyes like i i want to like part his hair for him because i'm like how is he able to see with because you could just tell he's kind of like this like, I don't know, like, brushing it apart, but not, like, behind his ear, so it's still kind of the chill in there, and I'm, like, I'm getting stressed. The last, like it's so It, like, blasts backwards.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <clears throat>
0: it's like his cape. It just flies yeah. behind it. My, my, like,
2: inner, um like, whenever I see players wearing their headband over their braids, like, it it makes my skin crawl, like, the feeling of hair <laughs> yeah. on my face. <laughs>
0: that's my <laughs> thing exactly I
2: hate that sensation like I always want to hear it behind my ears or up or something because I hate that feeling mm-hmm. so whenever I, I see that... like Bradley Beal or something with their headband over braids on their face and I'm just like oh
0: I know whenever I see that I, I was kind of like I was wondering why I was so uncomfortable watching him play and then I was like I'm, I can just picture my hair on my face as I'm trying to dribble a basketball next to like <laughs> just sticking weekend. to your
2: skin then I will. would be so sweating, yeah yeah
0: I'd want I want I want to be bald in a second, and I'm like, how is he like able to move his hair but not moving his hair? But that 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 makes him interesting too. So good for you, Bembry. <laughs> Quite the personality, on you. But um, besides, I oh, fuck. It's so hard because I think, like I said, two weeks ago, this were the case. I probably have Utah starting, Stanley benched, and Bembry cut. But now I would I would say yeah, I would cut Stanley, but I would be cu- I would. I don't know if who I would start over Utah or Bembry, though, because I really like Utah's game. I think Utah is kind of what we saw with um, Boucher a couple years ago when he was kind of just like the huge spark <laughs> off the bench that comes and gives you a little bit of everything.
2: Um, really, but, he reminds me of Siakam in that sense, like, yeah, like true, 2017 right. Siakam, where he'd come mm-hmm. in and he could kind of guard one through five, and he was like – always like he rarely would um foul around the room like he would just kind of have his arms up and come out of nowhere and he could kind of run fast and dribble a little bit like it was it's he reminds me of a that a little
0: bit of everything yeah, yeah. like you kind of be like oh like oh i didn't know you could do that oh didn't know you could do that like it's just little things <laughs> yeah. that he does where it's like oh like he that's a solid basketball player like i'd like to see more minutes with him and i think um especially putting him in that Raptors development program I'm scared for the league next year. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what he comes out with and what he does. Um, But I, yeah, I can't pick to see who I would start just because I do love Utah a lot. I think that energy is so huge because memory provides you with something else, but Utah is like, he doesn't quit. He doesn't quit on any play. He's the hardest worker on the court. If he's, he's on the court at that moment like he's really running full speed making mm. sure that he's active for every single thing like he's just a breath of fresh air when you when you really really need it um so i think uh, yeah i don't really know but i guess bye bye stanley johnson but he, he's been so good he's been so good he's been starting i've been cheering on stanley johnson in the fourth so, so we've we've
2: all cut him oh no yeah we all cut him that's we, not fair. That we for, are, we are all cut him. So Let me let's preface this be, he's off, he's before team now. Before we end the show let's <laughs> preface this with saying that Stanley has been like awesome this season. Like I I'm, oh, I'm so happy to see him doing well. Like he's someone i always like you know everyone has that player where they're just like it's next year's his year. <laughs> and then you've yeah. been saying it for years and you just believe mm-hmm. in them like really. I've been like believing in Uh, Stanley, since he uh, locked up Kawhi versus, like, Raptors versus Detroit a couple years back. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, like, I I, I remember the Drew League stuff, and I remember I wasn't really, like, I wasn't really sure how he'd pound out in the NBA, but then, like, I'm like, this guy, um, his defense is a sure thing. Like, he's about as defensively, um, you know. Sound, yeah. I, I feel like he's, he's like OG. He doesn't, he doesn't have, like, OGs, um, kind of OG has like kind of a, a grace to him defensively um, whereas Stanley I feel like Stanley's a bit, probably a little heavier and is not as quick he's a bit of a slow runner um, because mm-hmm. I believe I think he's bigger I think he's one of I think he's one of the biggest players on the um, team like in terms of weight so, he said it
0: himself he was what did he say I oh I forgot
2: the quote I know the one you're talking oh, about what did he say I have a booty no. I'm not I'm not small in the butt area or something like that. <laughs> 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 so yeah he's a guy i've been i've been like kind of you know talking about a couple years so when the Raptors got him i was like secretly like oh yeah this is gonna be great and then now finally seeing getting these minutes and seizing these minutes and you know finding a time on the court almost every game is uh really great so um it, it's the, the differences between those three players in terms of impact are pretty marginal they're all really great end of bench role players to have and like it's it's good seeing them um they, they're they all like kind of a similar story where they are guys from prior teams that have barely gotten any minutes who have all kind of had flashes of um, potential showing for a couple of years now. So it's good to have to kind yeah. of, so I, I see what Masai is doing collecting them the all, <laughs> like their are pokeballs or mm-hmm. something.
1: Mm-hmm. So, no, Stanley would love I like think that's a good preface to like invite Stanley.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Stanley,
2: if you're Just listening.
0: <laughs> Is there any way we can, like, mute this episode for Stanley? (laughs) So if he were to come on, there's no way that he has any recollection of this happening.
1: (laughs) You can't ever be like, remember? All three of you were like, Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. No, we love you, Stanley. Honestly, like, just watching him play in the fourth quarter and play, like, meaningful basketball minutes, you know? It's been a ride like at the beginning i was like this is what that's happening to my raptors i mean the poverty team now like we're having <laughs> stanley johnson start in the before you know he's starting he's finishing what, what what else what else is going on but now like watching him play watching him do what he does and it's he's become um one of my favorites for sure just to be able to cheer on and i think the only reason why i do i did pick stanley sorry utah and benbury was because they haven't had the same time with the development that stanley has had so you don't really know what their next year would look like um, but even, again you don't know what stanley would look like next year with the Raptors for one more year so if and if i were to cut anybody though redact is gone in two, <laughs> seconds.
1: In two yeah. seconds
0: but yeah. with that
1: i, I think we say can... though that it's good that we only got one question because that one really took us it really took us through <laughs> it we
2: dissected that we did yeah <laughs> So
1: you can send
0: us 20, send us one. We'll spend the same amount of time on them. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. We're women. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, all right. I guess with that, we can call it a, an episode. Call this the Sunday best. Um, we play again tomorrow. Uh, I think, right? We play tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Memphis. Memphis.
0: We play Memphis tomorrow. At some point, I'm pretty sure we're playing the Bucks back to back as well. And yeah, the Sixers back-to-back.
2: Back. Sorry, what was that? And the Sixers back-to-back back after that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a tough stretch until March.
0: Stock up on your LCBO. You're going to need it for that week. Well, luckily, week.
2: Next se- next, the, the second half of the season, they should be playing all their games against Detroit and Cleveland. And whatnot. <laughs> so, so we welcome that stretch also. And with the Wizards,
1: how and can I, I forget the wizards?
2: wizards. <laughs> and they play the Celtics oh, this year. I know how. That'll be fun.
1: Unfortunately, they're forgettable this year.
2: <laughs> oh, I think that's it too. <laughs>
1: um
0: Yeah, and they play the Celtics the day after at seven which speaking of the Celtics, 730, we will be going live with basketballnews.com at seven PM um to talk about the game beforehand and to just to wish the Celtics unwell um, and bad luck and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. 'Cause this is Celtics. It's Celtics. It's for the until the end of time. Um, but with that, yeah, we this has been Dishes and Dimes brought to you by basketballnews.com. I am Noor and I was joined today with Katie and Yasmin. And we will see you guys next week. Or this Bye. week, my <laughs> bad.